everybody welcome into a special edition of the daily energy newsbeat stand-up here on this gorgeous saturday december 2nd 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man busy week oh it's been a beautiful day in the neighborhood and a busy week in the neighborhood boy i didn't get that out very well did i yeah no it's been a great it's been a great week um we had a couple solo shows yesterday or, or early in the week um i gotta talk about subway or as i like to call it scrubway sandwiches as it relates to the federal trade commission and exxon Mobil. so you're gonna go back and listen to that one Stu had some great solo stuff we talked all about the uae switching the petrodollar royal caribbean decides to go lng blah and a bunch of other stuff guys i'm gonna let the team decide what you hear but before we listen to that as all always, guys, the news and analysis you were brought to you is brought to you by the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com. The best place for all of your energy news. Stu and the team do a great job of curating that site to make sure it stays up to speed with everything you need to know to be the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy business. You can follow us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, wherever you get your podcast at Energy News Beat on YouTube. You can check out the description below for all the timestamps and links. You can jump ahead to whichever one you want to see. Dashboard.energynewsbeat.com is our data news combo. Check that out. Give us all the feedback. With that, though, I'm done, Stu. Let's kick it over to the weekly recap. We'll see you Monday, folks. So let's start out with what's COP28. COP28, and there's some terms in this article that I did not even uh, think were a thing, but they are. Uh, Why is uh, COP28, what is COP28, and why is it important? Uh, It's going to be talks in Dubai and uh, the agenda, the phase down or even phase out of fossil fuels, a global goal to help the world adopt to extreme weather events. Okay, here's the funny part. You also have Saudi Arabia attending. You also have who is investing an awful lot into hydrogen, renewable energy So I can understand that. But they have Saudi Aramco also showing up, which is the world's largest oil company. Okay, without Saudi Arabia using Saudi Aramco's funds from oil and gas, they couldn't make the energy transition. Now you're also seeing a gigantic push around the rest of the world, and it's going to cause some conflicts. Let me go into that here in just a second. As it is in Dubai, how many people will attend uh, COP28? I found that 70,000 of your closest friends will be there. Michael keeps saying I need to get over there, but no, I think I'll just check my, uh, okay, I'm too busy. And so we've got uh, COP26 was in Glasgow in 2021, and that was 40,000. And then 33,000 were in Egypt. This year is because they're saying that they're not going fast enough in cutting emissions. Uh, at COP, after COP28, countries will have until 2025 to submit new national plans to fight climate change. Here's where it's going to get dicey. Nobody can afford to keep this problem going. 
This year's COP, let me quote the article, this year's COP will be crucial for climate finance. Rich countries have now delivered on their promise to mobilize $100 billion a year to help core, uh, poor countries deal with the worst impacts of climate change. That's only a tiny bit of the $2.5 trillion that is needed by 2030. There is no way that the world can fund 2030. That is just simply a way to redistribute wealth. Don't kid yourself. And I'm getting shut down by all of the social media and Google as an honor to mention it that way. Richest 1% emit more than the poorest two thirds, says Oxfam. Absolutely hilarious. You know, we got the world's richest percent generated as much carbon emissions as the poorest two-thirds in 2019, according to a new Oxfam report that examines the uber wealth, these lavish lifestyles and investments in heavy polluting industries. I'll read this next paragraph. The report paints a grave portrait as climate experts and activists scrambled to curtail global warming. This month marked a long-dreaded milestone for the planet where the scientists recorded an average global temperature. Ah! That was more than two degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Again, I feel that probably not true in terms of this increase. Um, but but again, the point of this is, according to this Oxfam's report, carbon emissions of the world 1% surpassed the amount generated by all car and road transportation globally in 2019, while the richest 10% accounted for all half of global carbon emissions. The richest 1% are enough to cancel out nearly the work of 1 million wind turbines. So for all of those wind turbines going up in West Texas and the Midwest here, Al Gore is single-handedly knocking you down. It's you got to love it. The inconvenient truth is that Al Gore is bad for the environment. That's all I got out of here. This is David Schlotzenberg. He's the director of Sydney Environmental Institute at the University of Sydney. And he said, quote, none of this is surprising, but, you know, it's crucial. It's it's crucial. And he also goes on to say there's been a huge issue in climate judges. Countries don't want to pay for what they've done in the past. So it's interesting thing here is, OK, let's not talk about historic responsibility, but current responsibility. Um, the recommendation um, is hardly new. But one that, quote, climate activists continue to fight for taxing the uber rich and using money to invest in renewable energy. I'm all about taxing Al Gore. I think we should have an Al Gore tax personally. Whatever he uses, let's charge him 20% over market rate. You know, there was a proposal to tax corporate jet travel, uh, probably shot down by our our favorite Heinz 57 senator, a former senator, I should say, uh, now climate evangelist John Kerry. You know, it's not his plane, it's his family's plane. So he'd probably be he'd probably be out of it. You know, I, they, they make fun of Kylie Jenner in this. I do find it funny. Kylie Jenner took a 14 minute flight. Man, I wish I could do that on a private jet. It, you have to admit, if you could take off, if you could afford to fly private on a 14 minute flight, you do it too. Now you should maybe be taxed on it, but I'm not going to hold Kylie Jenner because I do the same thing. But again, this is, we, we all know if you're rich, you use more energy. That's kind of the point. It's why all other countries want to become rich. Now, the problem is if you, to a point, the richer you become, the more energy you use, but the efficiency goes up. But there is a point when you latch into this 0.01%, as this article says, that you do begin to use astronomical amounts. Who knew that massive mansions use more electricity than apartment complexes? Who knew? Who knew, folks? So let's go to our buddies up in the Canada. Uh, just we've finished up uh, Heidi and Terry again. Two really classy Canadians up there. Daniel Smith conjures up a new A-bomb to drop on Trudeau's meddling in Alberta power grid. You know, they're 
president or uh, prime minister uh, Trudeau is absolutely a moron. Uh, I'd like to see our yep. moron play ping pong with their moron and I'll raise you a moron. Yep. This is absolutely disturbing. The A-bomb is Alberta Crown Corporation. Electricity generation represents Alberta arming up to reverse the broken federal uh, provincial power dynamic. Here's the problem, Michael. They are going to go challenge a 15-year earlier previously agreed upon by the Crown. And this is uh, private industry could do this with natural gas, but they want to go ahead and change the entire baseload for Alberta mm. to renewable. Renewable does not work in the cold. I'm sorry. This is absolutely nuts. It's exactly what I was going to say. Imagine all those batteries seizing up in the freezing frigid winter. Oh, that's like me on a podcast when my batteries run out on my <laughs> Zoom hardware recorder. Hold that thought, Mr. Mr. CEO, uh, this is um, uh, as Smith described it. New Crown Corporation will be similar to Eckcourt, owned by the city of Edmonton, or Inmax, owned by the city of Calgary. "Quote: We want the private sector to step in with new natural gas generation, with nuclear, new nuclear generation." But if they don't, we need to step in. We're sending a message to the market: This is a reluctant entry. It would be a generator of last resort. The government's forcing them to go to renewable. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. I don't get it. it, It's going to backfire and bite them in the booty soon. Trust me. Oh, oh yeah. Um, He said booty. (laughs) Let's go to China. We're going to flap our wings all the way around to China now. Okay. China boosts coal and gas consumption as power demands record high. Chinese authority have been keeping avoid last year's power shortages. I applaud China for one reason. They're taking care of their citizens first. Not like the U.S. where we're like third rate. We're like going, hey, what's going on? China is trying to get all the power they can to their citizens and elevating as many people out of poverty as that they can. They have, as we talked about, four a hundred and forty gigawatts uh, this winter is uh, coming up on its peak demand. It's rising by twelve point one percent. That's a lot of gigawatts that it's rising, dude. Yep. And uh, every little, uh, you know, so that's why John Kerry should stop flying on his private jet. Oh, the other article we had on Newsbeat this week was a hoot. It was. There's two of them that were out there. Amazon Bezos, uh, his one yacht is putting out more than, I believe it was 47,000 people, something like that, on their homes. Uh, You got to be kidding me. One guy, one yacht. The other article was 1%. The 1% is emitting more CO2 than 60% of the rest of the world. Speaking of Royals, let's go to Royal Caribbean takes delivery of LNG power plant in uh, power giant in Finland. Michael, you were kind of funny when we were chit-chatting about the show ahead of time. A unit of Royal Caribbean, this is Royal Caribbean International. I just did my podcast with Sean Strawbridge and we were talking about the LNG gigantic cargo ships that are being rolled out from uh, China and they're already bought. These things were bigger than the Empire State Building. Now, 
This is fantastic news because it is less carbon footprint than just about anything else they can. This is 365 meters long uh, icon of the seas. Um, It is just amazing. The first cruise line that can be powered by LNG. Now, I did not know this, Michael. You're limited on where you can fill these bad dogs up. You just don't drive up and go ding, ding, you know, across the little uh, airline uh, on the floor uh, on a uh, gas station. Used to have the guys run out and fill you up. No, nobody's going to be in a monkey suit standing there to fill you up on this thing. You got to go to where there's LNG. And Sean Strawbridge was really apt to say, hey, we're years away from this. So this could be limiting in the ports of call that you could go to with this bad dog. Well, two things. One, I hate cruises, so I'm going to be completely skewed on this. I think people that takes cruises are bumps, to be honest with you. And I apologize if you do take cruises, but not a fan of cruises. Okay. (laughs) Second off, I do find it hilarious. Royal Caribbean, the place where probably the most amount of emissions The amount of food that gets eaten on a cruise is disgusting. You walk by all of those buffets. It's just seven day old hot dogs. The nice part is now that it's LNG powered and we're quote unquote net zero, you can actually eat those hot dogs and it won't cause an uptick in carbon. So thank you, Royal Caribbean, for keeping us net zero by allowing us to take down more of your disgusting hot dog thing. I I have I hate cruises, Stu. So I, I will not be trying this new LNG powered icon of the seas. I forget. I went on a, it was a Royal Caribbean cruise. I went on. I think it was, it was tradition of the seas. It was one of the, of the seas brand. Oh, horrible. I hate it. I guarantee you, you went on the Disney Royal Caribbean. No, no and they, trust yeah. If it was a Disney cruise, I wouldn't have come back because I would have jumped off and you'd have just left me at sea. Oh yeah. Cause they, I could see the kids running up to you and going, Mickey. They're thinking oh, you're if Mickey, Mickey was making me pancake. Ooh, I'm oh. Hey, let's go to the UAE. Um, uh, UAE stops buying uh, using the petrodollar, the U.S. dollar for oil trades. Dude, this is about as big as it gets. You know, it's you, disastrous. It is. Uh, you and I have been on uh, the story for bricks for a long time. And the UAE just gave the double barrel finger to the Biden administration with this move. The BRICS, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, they expanded it to the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, and Argentina. And you're going to see a major demise of the U.S. dollar. Who's going to buy our debt when the U.S. petrodollar is not being used? You just had, Michael, we covered on the podcast last week, Russia and China also shifting and exchanging $3 billion worth of their gold currency in order to make more trades. Wow. Okay. This gets even uglier. Coming down into here, the new era in uh, global oil trade. This is just absolutely, this isn't about diversifying trade. Mm. It's about making a statement on the global stage. That's exactly what the quote out of the article was. And, And they are dead on right. The UAE and Saudi Arabia have every right to give the United States the double finger the way we've treated them. It's it, it, it's true. I don't want to be a shill for, for Saudi Arabia or the UAE, but they're doing what's in the best interest of their country. So you can't knock. I mean, if, if I was if if I was you know running UAE or running Saudi, I'd be doing the same thing, Stu. So I can't sit here and, and blame them. If, if you're the United States, this isn't good. As you mentioned, this is going to 
cause a huge strain financially on us long-term. This is what we call long, and I'm listening to a book on the 2008 financial crisis, this guy named Thomas ha- uh, Hawning, who was one of the few guys that dissented all the rate increases from you know yeah. 2008 to 2016. It was one of the few people that said, we should raise rates and not keep rates low, because why? The effects, financial effects, have long and variable lags. He said that thousands of times in the speeches of the Fed, and, and I love that phrase. Long and variable lacks. Something like this, we don't know the outcome. Uh, we're not going to see the effects of them switching to a currency today. All of a sudden, tomorrow, we're not going to see it. But in 10, 15, 20 years, what are those long and variable effects? It's another way of thinking of when I talk about second order, third order effects. It's the same thing. And this is that second, third order effect. When In, in 10 years, when nobody's using the dollar to trade oil, that puts us at a huge strategic disadvantage around the rest of the world. As you mentioned, our debt backed a lot by oil and gas. I'll tell you what, Michael, I think you're you're right in many ways, but I'm going to disagree with you, which you I think that makes the show kind of fun is that you're always smarter and better looking than I am. But I'm going to disagree with, you know, we, we get that feedback all the time. Uh, I'm the homely guy with a big hump, you know, for our podcast listeners. So when you sit back and take a look, this is really a problem. And it's not going to be 10 years, Michael, that we feel this. You alluded to it. It's going to be a year. We have lost the stage for uh, diplomacy in the world. And diplomacy is evolved around energy. Uh, we'll, we'll call it an even five years then. I don't think it's going to be a year. It may not be 10. Long and variable effects. I'm going to go short variable effects. <laughs> I'll see your long and variable and raise you a short and variable. Fair enough. Anyway. Fair enough. 